0: What is up, guys? Chris Jardine here, a.k.a. Snaggle J, with a brand new episode of The Snaggle Show. And what a horrible effort this week has been to try to put a show together. Uh, First off, I do want to apologize if the audio for this podcast is a little on the poopy side. Uh, I am recording it on my phone uh, with a beautiful current view of the Miramichi River. It is a beautiful fall morning here. Um, I'll probably post a picture of this. It's a great view. I may toss a picture of this on my old IG over at Instagram.com slash uh, SnaggleJ. Uh, yeah, what a wonderful time. Sarcastically, I have had trying to put an episode together uh, for this week. So I had originally recorded a episode and... Uh, You know, as I usually do, I record my episodes on Sunday. Well, this Sunday I was uh, a little occupado, so I tried to record an episode on Sunday evening and tried to get it uploaded. Well, unfortunately, um, when I looked on Monday, I had scheduled it for the wrong podcast account. So that's a bit of a problem. Uh, Because most people looking to listen to The Snaggle Show are probably not looking at another podcast feed uh, for said episode. So I I, I identified that as a bit of a problem. Um, So I deleted it. And then when I went to pull the episode file, which I saved locally on my hard drive, uh, it was corrupted. I have no idea how. But it was garbled and there were some issues in the middle. And I was like, okay. And to be fair, it was a banger of an episode, but it was a bit long. Um, And so I said, well, I'm going to have to re-record it because, you know, that's just how podcasting goes sometimes. And so I re-recorded it, and then when I went to try to upload it, I was having issues. It kept saying, upload failed, upload failed, upload failed, upload failed, upload failed, upload failed. And so then I learned there is, is some sort of issue with my recording software where um, I there was a plug-in that was missing. Anyway, bottom line is technical fucking issues, uh, folks. Um, so here we are doing it as bootleg as possible. I'm sitting in my car looking over the beautiful river in my beautiful hometown uh, and just channeling my inner... Trying not to be frustrated about technology so that I can put together something for your ear holes. As always, I do appreciate your continued support. Whether you're listening on Anchor.fm slash The Snaggle Show or you're listening in your podcast app of choice on iOS or Android, I do appreciate it. And today we're going to be talking about last week. Um, And specifically... Last week in the world of professional wrestling. Now, for those of you who are professional wrestling fans, last week was a monumental week. Probably one of the most monumental weeks we have had in professional wrestling since the mid-90s. When Raw and Nitro started doing their things. We had a season premiere. We had a... Uh, Two network TV debuts We had a show, Moving Nights We had a pay-per-view So many huge things happening in the professional wrestling world um, Last week It kicked off Monday night with the quote-unquote season premiere of Raw uh, And considering that, you know, they don't take breaks Season premiere is a bit of a loose term Also considering that it was more of the same bullshit that we're used to Um, Wednesday night saw the television debut of NXT, uh, and moving to two hours on the USA network. It also saw the much anticipated debut of AEW dynamite Friday night, saw the debut of Friday night, SmackDown moving to Fox. And then Sunday, we had Hell in a Cell. It was a huge week for wrestling. Huge week for wrestling fans. A lot to digest in there. I'm not going to go through everything that happened... Um last week with a fine-tooth comb, but I am going to highlight some of the things that I found interesting, some of the things I liked, some of the things I didn't like. Um, As always, if you guys want to continue the conversation, make sure you guys hit me up on the Twitter machine, at SnaggleJ, or you can jump on my Discord channel, discord.snaggle.club. I love continuing the conversations. I know a lot of my followers, a lot of people who follow me on Twitter uh, are big wrestling fans, and they always look forward to these wrestling-themed episodes because my wrestling opinions are typically pretty shitty. Um, (laughs) Compared to the way most people receive them uh, I've learned that my wrestling opinions Sometimes aren't the best But that's the great thing about um, You know the social circle that I run in is, it's not that my opinions are are so much bad. It's that people disagree with them and then we can have an actual civil conversation about it as opposed to falling down the hole of being, you know, just social assholes and yelling at each other. So if that sounds like something you want to take part of, the 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 former part, of course, the productive conversations, uh, make sure you follow me, twitter.com slash snagglej or uh, discord.snaggle.club. Um So let's go back to Raw, the quote-unquote season premiere of Raw. Um, Started out with Rey Mysterio in the ring. Uh, Brock Lesnar comes out. Brock Lesnar absolutely decimates Rey Mysterio. Decimates Rey Mysterio's kid. Now, hindsight being what it was, this is an absolutely useless segment. Yes, it gets Brock on TV. Yes, Brock is, in my opinion, you know, the hottest thing WWE has right now in terms of um, just absolute, uh, you know, screen presence and and getting people to the arena and getting people talking. Um, But again, in hindsight, this was a useless segment. Um, You know, with Brock having his title match on Friday night, SmackDown against Kofi, with what ended up happening after that which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Um this seemed like a pointless segment. He, he literally hauls Dominic out of the crowd, beats the hell out of him, sends him out on a stretcher. I mean, it was entertaining, but storyline-wise it was uh, you know, it was it was not great. Uh we had a women's match. We had um Becky against Alexa Bliss in the classic, hey, there's a title match this Sunday, So we need to have some more heat build going into it. This, it was a great match. Totally could have been done without. I feel like with the whole thing of Monday Night Raw, it was, it was a lot of the same. Again, you know, you had the absolutely horrendous Lana, Bobby Lashley bullshit that I hate. I hate, I hate these stupid romance laden storylines. Uh, and I guess that's probably what, exactly what WWE wants because it gets people talking. It got us to this weird Seth Rollins versus um, Rusev main event, and then Lana and Bobby Lashley come out, and then the Fiend, which the Fiend is the hottest thing in WWE, and we're gonna talk more about that later as well. But any you know the Fiend making a couple of appearances was great, or you know Bray slash the Fiend with multiple appearances between them. Uh, is absolutely fantastic. Um, again, for a season premiere episode of Raw, it was a lot of the same stuff, a lot of convoluted matches that made no sense. Um, a lot of people are still left waiting for them to hit the reset button in terms of, um, you know, this whole, the new the Paul Heyman era. Um, and again, I feel like with the draft coming up next week, We're finally going to get that full reset, and we're finally going to get Heyman uh, on Raw and Bischoff on SmackDown to finally get their hands a little more into it. I think the draft is going to be very telling about where they want to see each brand go. I think a lot of the focus is on SmackDown because of the Fox deal, because of the reported involvement that Fox has had. But this episode of Raw, for it being the season premiere, and I'm using air quotes that I know you can't see, uh, it was more of the same shit. It, it really was. Wednesday night, a banner night in the history of professional wrestling. WWE's best brand, in my opinion, NXT goes live, goes two hours. I couldn't watch it in Canada. Um, WWE, get your fucking shit together so that I can watch NXT on Wednesday nights, or at least tape it and watch it like after Dynamite. Like I wasn't able to watch it until on the network until Thursday. Or on TV until Friday. Uh, And the Friday time slot was only an hour. uh, Which I also thought was weird. um, On Sportsnet. But anyway, I digress. Uh, NXT going head-to-head against AEW Dynamite. Now, I'm not going to be one... I'm not going to like constantly, every week, rate one versus the other. But I feel like if you look at the sum of all parts... AEW Dynamite versus WWE NXT was pretty close, Um, you know, if I was rating them, which I'm not going to do. Yes, I know AEW's rating came back, and they, like, doubled uh, viewership of NXT, which is to be expected. It was the first AEW TV episode. It was by far the most hyped episode. You know, I would have been shocked if they didn't double the NXT viewership. Um, NXT was a great show with some great matches, uh, and obviously the return to NXT of Finn Balor and the return to NXT of Tommaso Ciampa adding some wonderful layers of hype and intrigue. But the big thing with NXT is the full-sale crowd just destroyed it. Usually on weekly NXT TV, the full-sale crowd has that little charm, has that little... You know, hey, there's 300 people here um, cheering their bags off for all of these guys. But when you flip over to the other channel and you see 14,000 people roaring their heads off for literally everything that AEW did, it made you realize NXT's got to get out of Full Sail. Um, if NXT wants to compete in any way, shape, or form with... Um, AEW, in terms of Wednesday nights, they need to go to bigger spots. And because, again, when you're watching it on TV, the, the hype of the crowd draws you in a little bit. You know that something special is happening. And again, Finn Balor coming back to NXT, massively huge moment. The return of Tommaso Ciampa and the way he handled himself, massively huge important moment and huge but again the the 300 people in the crowd kills it it sounds like they were in a bingo hall which basically they are at full sale um to me it diminishes those moments when you flip over to the other channel and you have cody coming out at the beginning of the show to just an absolute gargantuan pop and you know again it's not going to be like that for AEW every single week, but they're always going to be in stadiums, you know, or arenas in front of ten to twelve to fourteen thousand people. To me, it diminishes those moments in NXT a little bit. NXT was great though. Um, Cole versus Riddle was a great match. Um, I thought Shane Bourne had an amazing showing. Um, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with him. Uh, Mia Yim and Io Shirai was an absolutely amazing match. Candice LeRae and Shayna Baszler was an amazing match. I feel like wrestling quality easily went NXT's way. Um, The best match on the AEW card was Cody versus Sammy Guevara, uh, which was an amazing match. Don't get me wrong. Uh, That was easily an A- to an A- quality match. I think Sammy Guevara is going to be a star in a couple of years. Um... But, like, if you go up and down the card, NXT's wrestling was far superior um, to what we had from AEW. I think the AEW product um, presentation wise was great. Um, If you guys remember my all out review episode, I and, and double or nothing before that, I have been very critical of the return of Jim Ross to the commentary table uh, and very vocal that changes would need to be made as we transition to um, uh, weekly TV that they were going to have to make some changes. And adding Tony Schiavone to the commentary table was a great move. Tony Schiavone still has... Uh, a top tier quality wrestling voice. He's still on the ball. He's still very quick uh, with his comebacks and his uh, analysis and his drop ins. Um, Tony Schvati, the commentary was not perfect. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, there were a few slip ups here and there, but the commentary for the first episode of Dynamite has been the best AEW commentary we have seen to date. And with um, Excalibur, Jim Ross and Tony Shavani out there weekly. they will build chemistry together uh, and I think you will see that commentary trio get better and better and better but yes, adding Shavani to the mix was a was a fantastic decision um, one that was uh, sorely needed and yeah definitely something that uh worked out really well for them um My biggest criticism of aew dynamite and I said this after all out um. I still didn't like the women's match. I didn't like Riho against Nyla Rose. Uh, I feel like your inaugural women's champion, yes, it was a bit of a swerve that uh, Riho won in that sort of David versus Goliath uh, mantra, um, but I feel like you have started off your women's division with the not with the most talented person or the, the best fit for the belt. I I would have loved to see, as I've said before, Britt Baker, Bree Peasley, Priestley, B Peasley, <laughs> B Priestley. Um, I would have liked to see that as the, the you know the the battle for the women's strap for the first time. I think we're gonna get to that eventually. I hope it's sooner rather than later. I think the fact that you had Britt Baker out on commentary during this event or uh, during the match sorry, shows you that she's the, actually the focus of the women's division. Again, I like the swerve with with Rio. I think it was a given that Nyla Rose was going to win. I like the fact that they swerved and went in a different direction. But if you look at the three women's matches you had access to on Wednesday night Io Shirai versus Mia Yim, uh, Shayna Baszler versus Candice LeRae, and Rio versus Nyla Rose, uh, Rio versus Nyla Rose was a distant, distant, distant third in terms of quality. Um, so Rio is your inaugural women's champion. I, I, again, I'm not a fan of that booking. Um, again, I, I just, the, you know, and let's talk about booking while we're there. The whole AEW booking thing has already devolved into a elite versus whatever the heck Chris Jericho's stable of people is going to be called. Um, because you had in the main event you had Chris Jericho, and I'm gonna call them LAX, Santana, and Ortiz. I don't know what they're gonna go by, but LAX just makes things so much easier and saves me, you know, characters of saying it. Uh, against Kenny and the Young Bucks, um, John Moxley comes out, takes Kenny away, they go backstage, they go through a table. Uh, I love that part. That was great. I love how they're using John Moxley post injury. um, You know, you know, saying he was gonna be there, him just coming out beating the shit out of Kenny Omega. I'm looking forward to them doing their thing. I think that's gonna be a hell of a match um, when it happens. But I am I am concerned that they've already gone into the Elite versus Faction B. Thing. And I hate to say this, but it feels very WCW already. Um, Yes. I like ideally, if this is the direction you wanted to go, maybe have the Elite do something first. Um, You know, maybe have the Young Bucks win the tag team tournament, which they may eventually do. Have Cody beat Jericho at full gear. Have the Elite actually. Give the appearance that as EVPs, executive vice presidents, that they're favoring their own creative. This storyline only works. And again, it's hard because the Jericho side are the heels. Like that's the other part of this, right? With with Jericho and Guevara and you know J- Jake Hager, aka Jack Swagger, and Santana and Ortiz. I mean, they're the heel side of this. So, but I don't think it works unless you have a, like, I don't think it works, first of all, with them as the heels. Um, I mean, it does in the current climate because Cody is so over right now. The Bucks are always going to be over, but I would have liked to see more building up of the elite first. Like, I would have liked to see, again, the Bucks are on like a two or three match losing streak. Um... You know, Cody's had an up-and-down summer in terms of wins and losses. Um, you know, Kenny Omega hasn't won anything at all, and he's embroiled with this Moxley feud now. Like, I I just feel like you're you're going to the elite versus a different faction just too early. I feel like it's unnecessarily early to go down that road, um... I get it. You want to make a big splash. You end off your first TV with, you know, Katie Omega is laying Cody's laying. The bucks are laying. Um, You know, you're, you're at that point where you have your, you have your, you know, heel faction. You have the debut of Jake Hager, which was their big reveal, which I think was something a lot of people kind of expected. Um, so, but like I said, for me, I feel like it's too early to go to this, um, to this well of, you know, the elite versus any other faction. You knew it was going to happen eventually. Uh, it, it was, it was a natural storyline laying there. You have these guys who are all executive vice presidents who have creative control. Uh, you know, you had that storyline naturally embroiled in there um but to go to it immediately on your first tv i find strange i find the women's division booking strange with you know rio and nyla rose being in the title match neither of whom um i think are your most marketable females again it's one week i'm not going to shit all over AEW after one week of creative um but um I, I the creative is what can kill these guys. The creative is the one thing that they can do better than WWE. That that is the biggest complaint about WWE is that they don't listen to the fans, they don't listen to the creative, um, you know, suggestions, that they just do whatever the fuck Vince McMahon wants. So the the creative for AEW is the one thing that everyone needs to watch and needs to be critical of. Uh, but overall, again, I really liked both shows. I thought AEW did exactly what it needed to do. It introduced some of its characters. Uh, MJF, yes, MJF came out in a squash over Brandon Cutler, but it, it, you know, it gave him some mic time. It introduced MJF to the national audience, um, which I thought was great. It introduced Sammy Guevara to the national audience, which I think it was great. Um, Hangman Adam Page and Pac was a great match. I think most of the national audience would know who Pac is. But I think Hangman had a good showing. Uh, yes, he got another loss hung on him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that character moving forward. But they did a great job of introducing Hangman um, to the National Alliance. And again, that was what a lot of AEW was about. That's a lot of what NXT was about as well. Again, if you don't have the WWE network, you've never seen a lot of these guys. So to see, you know, Adam Cole and Matt Riddle and Mia Yim and Io Shirai and Candice LeRae and. Um, uh, Shayna Baszler and the Street Profits, and, you know, O'Reilly and Fish, um, you know, to have the Velveteen Dream, uh, you know, do his thing. Um, I feel like, you know, NXT and AEW both did a great job of introducing fans to their product. Uh, I think mean, each show had its ups and downs. Um, but, you know, again, it, 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 I think they ended up being quite even. It's going to be very, very interesting to see. How these two shows combat each other going forward. So then we have Friday Night SmackDown. Um, you know the biggest hyped SmackDown that you know that we've ever had. The big move to Fox, the move to Friday Nights. Becky Lynch comes out. Uh, they waste no time in getting The Rock involved, um, getting The Rock to come out in a segment with Becky Lynch and Baron Corbin. You knew Baron Corbin was going to eat a people's elbow. You knew he was going to eat a rock bottom. Um, no, absolute no fucking surprise there, uh, that they throw King Corbin out to the wolves. Um, I kind of love King Corbin's character. I know this is kind of a one-off, you know, non-storyline thing with the rock, you know, just kind of being there. I mean, it's the damn show is named after him for fuck's sakes. So you knew he had to be there, but, um, I like what they're doing with King Corbin. I like his heel character stuff. Uh, I think Corbin is massively underrated in terms of his, his work. Um, but yeah, you know, SmackDown it, it kind of drug along in the middle. I expected more. I expected more big name like uh, legend appearances than what we got. Um, which reminds me, the one thing that that pissed me off the most about Raw, uh, and I, I might as well bitch about it now while I'm th- talking about legends, is I absolutely fucking despise the use of Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan to sell a Saudi pay per view. I'm sick and tired of WWE's absolute ignorance to the fact that it is apparently obvious that they are literally taking the Saudis' money and running and using any talent they have available to sell this shit. Um, I think it's it's embarrassing to Ric Flair. It's embarrassing to Hulk Hogan. I know they're just doing it for the money um, to come out and promote this five-versus-five Um you know, match that they're going to have in uh, in Saudi Arabia. I despise, I despise with a brooding anger the idea of these Saudi pay-per-views. I've been on the record about that before. I hate them. Um, the fans, for the most part, hate them. Uh, they are mostly unwatchable garbage. Uh, I'm sure having Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan involved will not lead any. More credence to how unwatchable of garbage this is going to be. It just pisses me off. WWE, again, this is one of those times where they are so fucking out of touch just for the sake of a payday. Because that's all it is. It's a payday for them. None of the fans want them to go to Saudi Arabia, except for maybe Saudis, um, want them to go over there and roll out Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, The Undertaker. Like, I just, I despise the whole thing. So, yeah, back to SmackDown. I did expect more involvement from the legends. I'm kind of glad it didn't. Um, but let's talk about the big thing on SmackDown. SmackDown was pretty good. I had no issues with it. It was a good show. Good for showing on Fox. Uh, there was some great wrestling. Uh, but let's go to what everybody is talking about, which is the main event. Uh, Brock Lesnar squashes Kofi Kingston in, like, five fucking seconds. Like, literally... Uh, squashes him in five seconds. Uh, Literally, like, Kofi runs at him, into the F5, F5, one, two, three, it's over. Five fucking seconds, and Brock Lesnar is the new um, uh, world heavyweight champion. And you know what? I liked it. I think Kofi's time as a champion was over. I think it was too... Again, I don't like the idea of having a gimmick champion for as long as Kofi was the champion. I, I I like the idea of Kofi Mania. I'm glad Kofi won the belt at WrestleMania. I am happy that they did the things that they did with Kofi. But the run was boring and it was over and it was no longer believable of Kofi Kingston as a champion. Um, so I am very, very happy that they extinguished this... As quickly as possible. You, there was no way you would have been able to believe Kofi Kingston could beat Brock Lesnar. And even make the match last a minute. Lesnar's three times his size. WWE continues to show that one of the most positive things they can do is using Brock Lesnar appropriately for the dates that they have him available. He is a monster and he is absolute money for the WWE. Yes, it's unfortunate. Excuse me. It's unfortunate that Kofi's reign comes to an end in a five second squash, but it's it's believable, and again, I was over Kofi as champion. I feel like Kofi as champion was just it was it was no longer a believable story it had to come to an end and then you have the appearance of Kane Velasquez. oh my God, it's Kane, my God, it's Kane Kane Velasquez comes out with Rey Mysterio, so a little bit of a continuation of the Monday storyline, um, kind of putting a, a, a neat little bow on that whole thing, again, gonna be interesting to see where this Brock Lesnar, Kane Velasquez thing goes, obviously they have history from the UFC, um, I have no idea, I have not seen any Kane Velasquez wrestling, I don't know how he is in the ring, and frankly, I don't know if it'll matter, um, but, I mean, now where are you going with this is my thing, right? Is Kane Velasquez going to be World Heavyweight Champion here in a, in, a, in a couple of months? Are you building towards something at WrestleMania? Is Brock going to be an absolutely invisible champion? Again, it makes sense with the move to Fox. Brock is now your champion on Fox. Does this mean he's going to be making more appearances? I think it likely does mean you're going to see Brock more often, even if it's just to come out and cut scathing promos against the rest of the roster. Again, with the draft next week, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but overall, um, I feel like it was it was a great way to end off your first episode of SmackDown on Fox. I think it leaves intrigue and story. Uh, Again, continuing to show that one of the very few things WWE continues to do very, very well is using Brock Lesnar effectively. Let's move on to Hell in a Cell. And two things I want to talk about about Hell in a Cell. I think that Sasha and Becky had a match of the year quality match here. Uh, It was a great match. Um, I am glad... That Sasha is back and seems like at this point, up to this moment in time, that she has her head in the game uh, and is, you know, is enjoying being back. Whatever the circumstances were, I don't read the dirt sheets, so whatever the circumstances were of you know Sasha being away, whether it was a storyline thing, whether it was actual unrest, uh, I'm very glad that she's back. I'm glad that they had a, a chance here to do something special at Hell in a Cell, and they did. But let's talk about how WWE ends their monumental week by not putting the title on The Fiend. Mm -hmm. I think, again, here's the thing. WWE painted themselves into a corner with the Universal Championship. They really did. The Fiend gimmick comes around. It's immediately universally accepted. Lots of hype around the Fiend gimmick. People are loving the Fiend. They're loving the Firefly Funhouse. They're loving what Bray is doing. Bray Wyatt is all of a sudden an extremely highly hyped character again. So what do you do? Well, you put him in the universal title picture against Seth Rollins. The first fucking opportunity you get. Why? Why would you do that? Because now, with the groundswell of support that The Fiend currently has, you have you have the entire universe wanting to see what he's going to do as Universal Champion, and then you don't put the belt on him! It was. Now, again, I, I, I'm i sure you could make a case why they didn't want to put the belt on him, why they want this to keep going. But the expectation was from the WWE Universe that you were going to put the belt on him. I mean, seriously, go on your Twitter timeline if you're a wrestling fan and go look at Wrestling Twitter after that match was over. Uh, and you will see... Some of the most creative use of curse words you will ever see in the history of Twitter. It was outrageously disappointing. And then, I don't want to talk a whole lot about Monday Night's Raw, but they didn't address it. There were some rumors around there that The Fiend wasn't cleared to wrestle or to be on there. But they didn't even address it. They didn't even mention a word about the Universal Championship. It was another opportunity for WWE to show that they're actually fucking listening to the fans. And they blew it. And they didn't blow it because they didn't put the belt on The Fiend. Yes, I think that's a mistake. But they painted themselves into this corner. Why couldn't you have waited till the Royal Rumble? Why couldn't you have waited and kept building the fiend and building the fiend and building it more and building it more? Why did we have to go right to the Universal Championship? I don't understand the rationale because now you've put him in this match with no intention of putting the belt on him at this time so you've just pissed everybody off and once again you've Set Bray Wyatt's character back. Exactly what they did two years ago. You've you've reset the hype around Bray Wyatt. For what? For why? To protect Rollins? Is Rollins now the Roman Reigns of WWE? It's getting awful close. It just and again as someone who's been a wrestling fan for 30 years i'm willing to give them you know a, a time and a chance to to try and fix what they've done wrong because they they've handled this entire situation horribly but this one to me was you paint yourselves into a corner and they really had no choice but to put the belt on The Fiend, and they didn't do it. So instead of, well, we make The Fiend the champion and then figure it out, they have a DQ finish in Hell in a Cell, and they piss the entire WWE Universe off. Classic, classic uh current era WWE. Guys, what did you guys think of last week's uh, jam-packed week of wrestling? Um, What do you guys think were some of the highs? What do you guys think are some of the lows? What do you guys think of AEW Dynamite? What are you guys looking forward to watching this week? Are you guys looking forward to the WWE Draft next week. Let me know, guys. Again, connect with me on Twitter, twitter.com slash snagglej. Connect with me on Discord at discord.snaggle.club. As always, guys, I appreciate you guys listening to the show. Again, sorry for the lateness and the quality of this episode. Uh, We'll be back to our regularly scheduled bullshit next week. Um, Thank you guys so much, as always, for listening to the podcast on anchor.fm slash the Snaggle Show or in your podcast app of choice on iOS or Android. And Until next time, peace.